Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Artificial Entertainment. Here for 2023. Oh boy! This season didn't take five years to make. We're starting the year off strong, and by strong I mean with an episode. We're the boyhood of podcasts. Yes. Sure. (laughs) Six years in the making, boys, to get to this episode. Wow. We're half a boyhood. Feels good. I mean, hey, a half a boyhood is better than no boyhood, some would say. Do you realize we'd probably be on episode, like, 50, 50 or something right we now? We did six episodes last well, year. Calm, no, calm down. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. Hear me out. One of our most popular, actually, our most popular episode, uh, according to the metrics, of, Fifth. like, our pri- of, like, before the reboot is our Disney Parks episode. Boo. And I had a... It is. Um, I, I, I didn't remember we had a Disney Parks episode. Oh, we, well, we did. Um, and uh, if we had kept going, well, I mean, either way, probably, again, we'll be on air, hopefully, at the time. The second one, uh, the second Haunted Mansion comes out. So we'll I was going to say, the second both. Disney episode? Yeah, we could, theoretically. Because <laughs> then we can, we can review Jungle Cruise, Haunted oh, Mansion... God. No. And uh, the other crappy pirates film that came out. Yeah, see. <laughs> so we'll have three Hey, Velma more. just came out today, uh, day of recording. So we could uh, we could get Mason to watch some Scooby-Doo and count it as relevant. Please, dear God, no. I don't want to watch that. It what are you terrible. guys, incels? <laughs> I thought incels hated the show. That's what I'm saying. Yes, he's oh, okay. calling me because I don't you seem, I care to watch You both seem negative show. on it, and I'm not touching that with a 30-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I def- literally have no opinions. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it, but I'm sure it would be fine if I was into that kind of humor. I mean, it's got Glenn Houghton as Fred, so... That means nothing yeah. to me. It's Sonny. Oh. He's, okay. uh, he's Dennis. Oh, Dennis! Okay, like, I only there. know him as Dennis. I know them exactly. only by their their sunny sonas. We don't have any AP Bio fans in the audience. I actually, I love AP Bio. You would. Right. Here we go. Quiet. Problem. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver with every discipline. Taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? It's a describe of the It reminds me of the Fourth of July. Welcome to Downtown Coolsville. Population? Us. It's artificial. Entertainment. Welcome to Artificial Entertainment. I'm uh, I'm one of your hosts, Josh Lakaitis. With me are my co-host Mason Betterly. Hello there. I am Mason Betterly. My co-host Joshua Lakaitis complains when I don't refer to myself as my name. So that's me, no, Mason no, Betterly. No, I just like when you guys say hello on time. Hello, that's um, all. Dad. Don't make me choose. Hello, Tyler Yaney, our other <laughs> co-host. Hello, it is me, Tyler Yaney, from the podcast this is, this Artificial is, Entertainment, and no other podcast. This is why we will never have more than six listeners. That's oh, actually really? that is, is that also what we're gonna factually do today? We're inaccurate. Gonna fight? That is factually inaccurate. So, mm-hmm. oh, so how do you like those like lemons? That. Hashtag educate yourself. 
How many listeners did we did we get last time, Mason? We have, uh, as of recording right now, for our last episode, a Christmas Christmas story. We have mm. twenty three. Uh, oh, listens. good. Um, our highest, most listened to episode is our reboot episode, who oh. brought back artificial entertainment at 55. All told, oh, we have good. almost 500 listens, which is kind of cool for a small, uh, you know, grassroots kind of uh, podcast. We have people from all kinds of walks of lives uh, mm. listening. So. What's it say about our podcast that our titles are the best part of the show? That I don't think so. That's not true. I I just think we have some pretty good uh titles. That's giving Mason That's way too much in. credit. Well, now wait a minute. <laughs> well, we have plans this year to increase that uh through multiple platforms. Very cool. So smash that like button. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Ring my Let's bell, not, you I sons think... of All right. So, <laughs> we're talking about 2011's The Adventures of Tintin, directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Nightmare Jackson. Oh. All those dead horrible eyes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't talk about Peter Jackson that way. He's been through a lot. Yeah, that's like, true. Like the entire Hobbit trilogy. Why? Why am I given so much money to make this former dream project? Why? <laughs> Look, it's not his fault. See, the Hobbit movies are what I think people think The Rise of Skywalker is like, and I'm just going to not elaborate and leave it at that. Ooh. No, no, they're different things, because Del Toro was supposed to do the Hobbit movies until, like, two months before they started shooting, and then they had to, like, scrap it all and start over again and bring bring Jackson in. See, There's a couple of great Del Toro's, like, nah, stories <laughs> out there in the entertainment industry. Mason would know. Oh, my God, would I? <laughs> oh, my God. My my life is can be summed up in three tra- three chapters. Hopefully, um, when I it, when I was ten years old, I left school early to go see Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. When I was twenty year, years old, I wrote a letter to Guillermo del Toro to try, and I don't know. I don't know why I wrote him. Re-edit the film for me. yes. I was like, Make Eddie let Murphy me help. Funny. I re- no, no, because this is when he was signed on to do his own. So I was like, I think it's great. Are I you saying it's your letter it. that made him cancel? Maybe. Who knows? And then now here, I'm almost 30 years old, and mm. uh, who knows what's going to happen this year? Anything can happen. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. You can write a letter to whoever you want. Also, Neil Blomkamp, you're not popular or talented enough to pull what Del Toro does. Yeah, he does. He has so many films that he has. Picked I was up and promised dropped. RoboCop and Alien, and I didn't get either one. It's it is sad. It is tragic, is it not? Also, it a is. Halo movie that people keep wanting to be a thing. How was that series? Did anybody watch that? No, no one did. No. I've, I've never, I think I've played a Halo game once, and I was so bad at it. I assume it's I, about heaven, because I didn't do any digging. Okay, so what it is about is... Oh my god, There no, are these no. Halos Stop that are 
Are you familiar with Lightyear? It's pretty much Lightyear. That is absolutely oh, so not boring. the truth. That is not the truth. And it exactly. Sucks. Basically, this. And there go all of our Xbox fans. <laughs> Basically, set Bye. the set the war, the war uh-huh. in Iraq. Like the first. Oh. Set the oh, first. No. Set the first. I don't know. Seven, eight years of the two thousands. In Are you space. saying Halo would not be possible without Dick Cheney? Uh, yes, that is what I, I'm actually. Yes, I will say that Halo would not be possible without Dick Cheney. So you're saying it would be a better timeline if Halo never existed. <laughs> it's definitely a part Vice chooses to overlook. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why it only got four stars out of me. <laughs> All right, so. Joshua, Yeshua, my yes. friend. Mm-hmm. Um, what's Tintin about for those people out there who are living under an American-shaped rock? Uh, Tintin, boy, howdy, he is the Spider-Man of Belgium. Just really, I thought that was Night Monkey. Uh, no, Stop. no, we're not going to reference that movie. Uh, no, Tintin is is a Belgian uh, comic book started Waffle. in like the 30s. Wow. All right. This is going to be looping all over again. <laughs> Nobody oh. said anything. We're not ganging up on you. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a comic series by Belgian cartoonist Hergé. Uh, oh, it was created in 1929. Um, okay. I actually have with me right now. Uh, 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 one of the comics, and it... That's your new rap name, Little little Number. <laughs> I, I can't get through the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a friend A friend picked this up for me when they were in France and brought it back. Little Nor. That's I close enough. it's Little Nori. Noir. It's Noir. <laughs> it's like the rural juror. I'm never going to get it. It's the, it right. it's the Black Island is what it says. Oh, okay. Wow, Mason can read French. I was in honors French. I don't know how, but I was there. Well, then you should love Hershey and his many wonderful comics. What? We're just good. Oh, dang. All right. (laughs) Mason, eat your soup and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, okay, not only is Mason eating soup on the podcast, he's choosing to eat soup with a fork. I am not eating soup. I'm having pasta, you dunce. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to call in uh, your your professionalism on this podcast. All right. Well, I'm going to call out this whole segment and edit it out. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Mason's pasta moment. Uh... Pasta notes by Mason. <laughs> Lil Nor, why don't you take us away on, on who Herge is? Oh, my gosh. All right, look. So, yeah, Tintin, it's a Belgian comic. Real big over there. I asked my parents who spent time in Belgium in the Air Force, uh, you see any Belgian? And my mom had no memory of it. My any dad Belgian? said, yes. <laughs> any Belgian? What? No, <laughs> not one no Belgian man in this whole you damn country. Any Belgians? <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, uh, boy, 
Howdy. You know, it was really big for years and years and years. Uh, so the way this film kind of got its start was in uh, 1970. Oh, no, no, I guess 1981. Uh, Spielberg was going around Europe doing the press tours for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, some of the reporters were like, so this has a lot of similarities with uh, Tintin. You like Tintin? And Steven Spielberg goes, oh, I don't know. What's Tintin? <laughs> Ren Tintin, he's a dog. He's got it. And plenty of it, brother. He's Careful got it. You're going to make Mason spit out his pasta. Um, so... He got, you know, he got a couple of Tim Tim books and he liked it. He, he like, he's like, hey, I get this. Uh, <laughs> let me go talk to Herge, the creator, and see what I can find out. See if I can make a Tintin movie. Oh, earlier you weren't saying Hershey. You were saying Herge, Tyler. Herge. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I'd just like to come into a podcast confident about how this was going to go. I'm confident this is going great. I'm having a great time. I'm glad Mason's to be here. Mason's enjoying his pasta, having a great time. It's now the Thursday's... cardigan's coming off. It's time to roll. I am hot. Pasta mm. makes me boil. <laughs> if Urge is too hard for you to remember, his birth name was uh, George Remy. Like, like the, the mouse. Like the little rat. <laughs> he make me cry. So yeah, he went by Urge. Gonna go, gonna go keep going with that. So, um, so this film, because I did a little bit of research too, um, minimal research, but, uh, so from what I, as I understood it, like Harris was really impressed with, um, Spielberg because there had been a bunch of failed attempts at doing like, uh, animated and live action. And I think there was a claymation Tintin, wasn't there? I, I, I'm familiar that there are two French live action and two animated. Okay. I did right. not know that. And um, yeah, Herge, Herge hated them all. The man he oh. the only man he thought could make a Tintin movie was Walt Disney. Yes, yes. And then World War II happened. Right? <laughs> Darn it. Dick Cheney and World War II. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, for one way or another, yeah, the Disney company, I don't think they were they said they were busy. I just I don't think they had interest in adapting a, a Belgian comic that wasn't really well established at this point. Yeah, you okay. have to pay for the rights. Let's do another fairy tale. <laughs> do you think? Do you think on that note, at any point in history, they could have done it in any media medium? Excuse me. Do you think they could? Well, have done I it? definitely think it like it should be animated and stay close to that art style. Mm. Uh, I could. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see because all the animation in like the eighties and nineties. If it wasn't Disney, it was very Disney, sent uh, Disney inspired. Okay, it was inspired by that style. Ralph Bakshi. You don't want a Ralph Bakshi Tintin movie. I kind of think I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> Those things do not mix. But like, anything have you like... seen Lord of the Rings? No, no, no. Why would I watch his version of Lord of the Rings? He's going good. to see Ottoman. Ah! You don't. You haven't seen it, so you don't know. Yeah. You're thinking of, clips. You're thinking of the Rankin Bass stuff. Nope, nope. I am thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Bashki Lord of the Rings, where sometimes it's just a cartoon character standing next to a human, but there, there's a lot of filter on them. 
Cool world. <laughs> and we're done. With John Hurt <laughs> as Aragon. See? Oh. Now you... So? I know what I'm talking about. As the Horned King. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I don't era, know. I don't know. That's I, the era I think it could have worked. I think... The experimental... What What do we got era? Yeah. The, the experimental, the ship is sinking era could have had a baller Tintin <laughs> yes. movie. I agree. Like, like right in that little wedge between mm-hmm. uh, the Black Cauldron and uh, Great Mouse Detective, you could have had a fantastic. Uh, no, because that's interesting. That's when I uh, Eisner and Katzenberg came in. This is true. This is You'd true. You'd have to do it before then, like in the Tron. Oh my God, Don Bluth just took all our animators away. From oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I couldn't see this being around the Anastasia era. Uh, and I, I don't see uh, Warner Brothers oh, animation. Oh, Don Bluth does a Tintin movie, you say? That could have been interesting. Like early guess, 90s? yeah. Late 80s, early 90s? No, not early 90s. Not early 90s. Why? <laughs> I'm a bad troll. <laughs> a very anyway, bad yeah. troll. Urge, very impressed with Spielberg's work. Uh, I think Spielberg writes to him. or, or Anyway, they start writing, yeah, and Urge's like, I, I can definitely see... I think you're the right man to make a Tintin movie. Mm-hmm. So they, they uh, decide to meet up, and literally the week Spielberg is supposed to fly out to Belgium to sit down with him, he passes away. And uh, Hergé's wife, he, Spielberg still meets with his wife, and she basically says, look, you're the only person he wanted to do this. If you want the rights, you can have them. So for now, years, who was Sp- his wife at the time? Was it Willie from Temple of Doom yet? No, what? I, I'm talking about Urge's wife. Oh, that makes more sense. Spielberg's alive. So he it doesn't make is? sense for Ur- Urge to be meeting with Spielberg's <laughs> widow. I'm following along, and so is the listener. Go on. <sighs> yeah, you're making it very easy for them. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Spielberg sat um, on the Tintin rights for, for years. Like he, he, Every time the contract would go to expire... He would, you know, he would re-up, he would repay. But Spielberg's a director that he doesn't want to do it animated because he likes working with actors. Mm. But he doesn't think it should be live action. So there was kind of that, you know, he, he didn't know what it should be yet. But the BFG and Redder Player One is like, I am tired. Let me just direct like thirty percent of this movie. Well, I, I think I, I think a lot of that comes from Tintin. Because he's directing the motion capture. Is Ready Player One a lot of motion capture? I think so. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, be. for at least like the Avatar yeah. characters or whatever. So I, I don't know what he's what film Spielberg sees to make him think motion capture is it. Well, he's good buddies with Robert Zemeckis. Keep in mind, but there was probably I think we all know Polar Express is not either a good movie visually or what about jim cameron here's the thing here's the thing my wife walked in while i was watching this and uh she says she thinks polar express looks better oh god no i I agree heavily there is life in these eyes (laughs) i think there's nostalgia there's not life in these eyes but i think it's better directed and the character models are better because they have yes. to look like the comics, but they all, but not all of them are are better. Honestly, I don't think so. Like the villain looks like he could have been plucked right from Polar Express or 
oh nine, uh-huh. Nightmare Christmas Before Carol. Christmas. Yeah, but here's Nightmare, the thing: that's what I, I think Carol. a lot of them look like great character models that just have like the hair's design Dead. nose yeah. plopped on them, and because uh. they look so lifelike in the eyes, the textures, everything looks great, and then they just have this big. Everything looks so realistic and plausible, and then this weird-shaped nose is plopped on there to look like the yeah. hair's model that throws it all off. I, think well, here's the, I, I don't know. I disagree. I think there's more than just noses. Like, uh, like the butler has very... They're, they're using face shapes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really going for... It, you know, like with cartoon characters, they need to have strong silhouettes. They're making sure that there are strong silhouettes. Uh, like Haddock's sure. eyes are very tiny and... Uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the pirates or you know Haddock's ex crew are very they're very caricature. I think they're they look like I'll caricatures. Give you that. Yeah. I, I, I think, think they are the like one leg in like C, like realistic CG and then yes. one leg like a toe in cartoon. Yes. I think it wants this, to it, be sorry, Mace. It wants to no, be that okay. mix between like Brad Bird's human like Pixar. Mm. character models mixed with like the like the motion capture one and i don't know if it always works yeah plus yeah. i think it's I would... it's important to think about when this came out cuz i think this is kind of literally the end of motion cap full motion capture animated movies but it this also came out like 2 years after avatar and i think that was the new boilerplate for how we were going to use this technology going forward Right, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, Moms, we weren't going to make these fully yeah. animated films with motion capture. Yeah. I think this is the film that straddles the Uncanny Valley the best. Yes. Monster House. comparing it to the Robert Zemeckis. No, that's... Monster yeah, House I, looks more cartoony than these models do. It does. It does. But I think it... I think Monster House, the animation, like the, just the motion, it looks more janky. Like they're using a cheaper version. Of All the right. Technology. I mean, I'll give you that. But in terms of character models, I think Monster House made the better. Yes, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, because it kind of does. Monster House, I mean, has that kind of weird, like, I don't know. It just has this inherent, like, early eighties, seventies claymation vibe to it. To me, personally. Yeah. Intentionally, no, I see it. yeah, and I think it does. Like we're gonna do motion capture, but we're gonna try to be more like cartoony animated movie mm-hmm. characters, and I think it hits the right balance. I don't think the motion yes. capture itself is as successful, if that's what you're arguing. I I tend to agree, but I think in terms of like if you have to do motion capture for your movie just because that's how you like to direct, mm-hmm. then so be it. But alternatively, uh. For I think Isle Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, Wes Anderson had those actors on a set, acting it out, and that's how he yeah. would direct them. And then that those performances, like I'm sure the the stop motion animators had those performances for reference and would like, and like animation's been doing that forever, like little interest intricacies. Um, that uh, the voice actors will do, they'll, they'll throw into their performance. Like in Mulan, like, uh, I don't remember her name. I'm so sorry. I know she's Finnick or whatever. I don't even remember what her character in The Mandalorian's name is. Anyways, she would keep pushing her hair back, so Mulan would do that. Like, that's mm-hmm. always been a thing. Disney's always had to different degrees of success, like live-action models Yeah, yeah. to work well, from. Well, I, I think... 
I think the film that does it the most actually uh, comes out in 2011, the same year, is, is Rango. Because they pretty much shot oh. all of Rango on a camera. It's not was motion of, capture. It's yeah, just I was going to say, that's a, we're, that's, we're going sh- to we're we're probably talk about that at some point in the oh, future. Oh, yeah. No, that's in my top 100. Yeah. So it, Both of you? Be on yeah. the fo- it's fine. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I haven't I, seen I it, it since it came out, so I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So ju- just jumping back a little to the to finish the history of it, when Spielberg did decide he wanted to do uh, motion capture, at the very least CGI, he uh, contacted Weta Works about doing a snowy test. Isn't and that Pat, uh, Peter Jackson's company? Exactly. Okay. So so they do they do the test, and at the end of the test, uh, Haddock comes out to talk to Spielberg, but it it's Peter Jackson dressed as haddock that's great and he's basically like look if you're gonna you can find the video on youtube if you're gonna make a tintin movie i would love to be involved in this okay so the plan was to make this movie spielberg directs jackson produces jackson was on set a lot during the motion capture as well because it's his production company making it Mm. so they kind of make it together and then they were going to do a sequel where spielberg produces and peter jackson directs so it was going to be like a film series where they go back and forth, which I think would have been so much fun, and I would have loved to see it. Well, Peter Jackson doesn't have the best track record of handing a movie off to somebody else. <laughs> I, when it's planned, when it's planned, I think it's fine. I, no, I think I'm, the I'm just Hobbit saying, is a case of, the of Hobbit surprise. Could, yes, the Hobbit could have been great, and this could have been great, but ultimately the fates decided that's not how that happened. Well, I, I. I think this film is wonderful. I think it's an absolute. I, I think it is the truest sense of a roller coaster of a film. Mm. Oh yeah, because it it takes you from set piece to set piece to set piece, and I think they're all really well done. I like Avatar. Like I think a big reason why I haven't seen it since the theater for Ten Ten is like I got to see it in three D, mm. and that was that and Avatar and maybe like How to Train Your Dragon or like the good examples of 3D back then when they were trying to make it a thing, not post-converted, just right. like this is meant to be... Made. Yeah, to be experienced yeah. that way. So it's hard to just watch it at home and get invested in it. Because, like, I yeah, wrote... It, I, like everybody else, wrote the, fir- wrote the first Avatar off, like, whatever, since it came out. But then when I got to see it in, like, enhanced IMAX 3D last year before the new one came out, I'm like, nope, this is still pretty great of an experience. And I think yeah. it's an okay thing for a movie to be an experience. And I'm pretty sure Tintin would fall into the same kind of uh, category as that. And I think the reason the motion capture works so well is because Spielberg is able to get live-action adjacent shots but stuff that he could never ever do in live action. Like there's some or would some, cost a lot of money. Exactly. There's some amazing transitions. It's go there's like winners where like it'll go under a car and it'll just keep following this insane yeah. one shot that you could never ever do. Right. And like I, I don't disagree that this film can fall into the experience category. Mm-hmm. I, I think the character arcs are very minimal. Uh, you know, ex- haddock uh becomes less of an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, he co- know, becomes team strategic team. in his alcoholism. St- strategic alcoholism, like my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Haddock, Ugh. we need to find this clue. So, and then the dog liquors him up, and I'm like, oh. 
A Nickelodeon family film. <laughs> it's so weird that this is a Paramount Nickelodeon film. Yeah, that it's... was yeah, that was one thing I didn't remember. I'm like, Steven Spielberg, Edgar Wright, and Peter Jackson present a Nickelodeon movie. Cause it, like DreamWorks is pretty much on its way out. It's not out. They've sold off um, DreamWorks oh, Animation. It's I'm its like, own studio. Yeah. DreamWorks isn't really making a lot. Um, and back yeah, then, no, yeah, I think it's pretty. No, that's like around Megamind, How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda Two. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was DreamWorks Animation became its own separately traded company. Oh, okay. I'm like. We we stand Shrek forever after in this podcast, sirs. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's good. I'm not sure. I think I've seen it. I don't know if I think it's good. Try it again. It's definitely better than Shrek 3. Shrek 3 well, is the yeah, black no. sheep. Because then Puss in Boots movies are good, and three of mm. four Shrek movies are pretty good, in my opinion. You should, you should give it another shot. That's all I'm but saying. Tyler, who is your favorite fearless hero? <laughs> bro that new uh, one goes hard like in yeah. a way i haven't seen dreamworks go like in terms of Ever. content like dark content showing blood showing like kids how to grapple with the fact that they're gonna die one day it's great stuff I've, yeah. I've heard it's wonderful it's probably i mean i i think it's I, definitely top five villain wise uh oh, for the year absolutely. Um, and uh, the only reason I'm not putting him at top is we, we did have, I, I thought, you know, we had a really good interpretation of Riddler and blah, 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 blah. That's not important right now. Um, but yeah, you had a lot mm. of good stuff, but again, to that, that one came out in the first Puss in Boots came out in 2011 as well. I think this is how much they don't want to talk about Tintin. No, we no, no. Really? This Puss is important. This, like, I, I think, look, understanding when this movie came out is important. Cause like. I don't know if Mars Needs Moms was, oh God. like, was 1010 in production before that came out? Because that was kind of the beginning of the end for this oh. kind of movie. I think Mar- Mars Needs Moms was the, I, I, how, what, what's more than a nail in the coffin? It, it's what, it the was headstone. the shovel that threw dirt Yeah, Mars the Needs bottom. Moms is the headstone of the Which, motion yes. capture movement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even think it's the headstone. I think that's the transitionary period. Because I think now you have, like, lot, like, honestly, I mean, I guess Lord of the Rings already did that with Gollum before these started coming out. But I think the technology is used much, much more now for things like, Thanos or the Star Wars sequels or even She-Hulk recently, which had some criticism, but it's the same basic thing is like if it's going to be a live action production, Mm -hmm. then we're going to put the principles of live action into our animated characters. Whereas like the idea of doing an entire animated movie with the principles of live action, but it's completely animated, I think, you know, maybe that's. Uh, yeah, no, no. You motion know, capture absolutely has its place in filmmaking, uh, yeah. I, and fully animated motion capture films like this aren't—it's still not there. The Uncanny Valley is still too yeah. deep. Even this like is the Tarkin best one. and Leia in in Star yeah. Wars, it's not there. Well, I think I think motion capture. I think motion capture has like the same place in cinema that that um, rotoscoping does. It's it. You can't really do a full 
rotoscope mm-hmm. film. I know we have Bashki. I know, I know. It doesn't. I fully... mean, American Pop exists, and that is a full rotoscope film. All right, fine. But but, but I mean, you like you look so at few and like... far between. There's so few and far between. Oh no, and there's both a of reason. Those things are used yeah. better, or, or sometimes are better used as a tool to lift up. You know, Absolutely. animation or or live action, one or the other. No, I don't agree. And I, I, I mean, I do agree. I, I don't disagree with what I was trying to say. Uh, I think there's a reason there's only been a few handful of fully rotoscope movies, and that should have been the sign for Zemeckis and these other filmmakers is like, maybe this isn't going to stick around very much. Or you need to think outside the box like Happy Feet or... Uh, Monster House, where we can yeah. still keep the aspects of it being cartoony, you know, or even apply it to things like Rango. Like, if that movie was partially motion captured and they translated those performances into the animal characters, then the animator still has to do, you know, work to adapt. Like, well, this is how a human's performance is captured. How do I translate that to a lizard? You know, like, there's still components of the animator other than just doing texturing lighting, you know, like animation should be a performance, right? Exactly, exactly. And I and I do think and that's I what I think is the issue with these motion capture films that make them kind of feel wishy-washy is because mm-hmm. I think um you know, I think especially I think you can take the script and kind of the the storyboards for this film, and you could have either a uh, honestly you could have a kick-ass fully animated film akin to like we talked about mm-hmm. the other day, Puss in Boots or mm-hmm. Spider Verse, or on the mm-hmm. flip side, you could have a really great compelling live action film. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I'm looking at some of these shots in the film, and I am I'm asking myself, what am I getting? What am I getting from this ver- this mm-hmm. way of storytelling that I wouldn't be getting from if they just went on out onto the Mediterranean and filmed this scene with them in the boat? You know, I, I would argue it, it it is the level of camera movement yeah. and setup and slapstick. Mm-hmm. I think sure. the level of slapstick that happens in the background of this movie is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. like let's go with the ship for example. I think when they're stealing. The key to get into the closet yes. that uh, has all the alcohol, but but Tintin yeah, yeah, thinks yeah. it's a way to escape. You see, as the boat moves, the entire crew is just shifting back and forth on the beds. They're sliding around. Uh, I think uh, when uh, Thompson and Thompson are trying to catch the pickpocket, he runs in that lady who's carrying the birdcage, and we get to see the birds fly around his head as someone comes by and swoops them up with a net. Like that's it, It's a lot of fun visual gags. That would be too cartoony to try and do live action, but aren't so over the top that they would necessarily work in like a hand-drawn animated format. Yeah, I get you. I get you. That's and fair. yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think that this would have made for a great, uh, a great just straight up animated film. I think if mm-hmm. you had something akin to Spider Verse or you know some of the more, um, I don't know, I don't know how, uh, how should I say more artistically inclined stylized uh yeah. stylized thank you that's that's so much yeah. better mm-hmm. uh so these stylized films that we're getting nowadays i think that would have kicked butt it's, but the, or you could be like yeah you could be like well the Tintin style is too simplistic i'm like look at the peanuts movie if it has yeah. to be cg it could be done 
Well, no, and I, I think if you look at like the original art from Tintin, I think it could translate un- incredibly well to something like Spider Verse yeah. or the Peanuts movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, of course, if they were to make another Tintin movie, I want it to be done in that style over sure. over motion capture like this. Yeah, but, and I think the biggest detriment the movie makes like immediately is like it has an amazing opening credit sequence that's done in the original style, right? Mm-hmm. It's done in like a silhouette, very yeah. jazzy. It's basically Spielberg doing, hey, I liked how I started Catch Me If You Can. Let me do oh, that again. Yep, yep. <laughs> but then the other fatal mistake it does, and it's I think it's supposed to be a nice like homage, sure, but the uh, street artist is drawing Tintin, and it's the, uh, the Hergé style, and he holds it right up to the camera, or snowy, to be like, hey, look how good he did. And I'm like, and I'm looking right at the actual Tintin, and I'm, of course I'm going to draw a comparison immediately to the creepy motion capture style, and you're not doing yourself any favors. Also, on top of that, I think of all of the characters, I feel like Tintin looks nothing like his counterpart in the the comic. I feel like he doesn't look, like he looks too different. And I know that the face really doesn't give a lot of, cl- like, it's a big jump to go from this to that but i don't think yeah what, what is essentially two two circles yeah and, right. and some lines yeah it's a, it's a very simple face yeah it's difficult uh, to whereas do. something like haddock i think is translated very well haddock probably of all the designs i think looks the best he's the most compelling character to he's me definitely the most uh, solid. i mean frankly i mean it's the haddock show for me i come for haddock oh a hundred percent this can is I... andy circus's movie yeah. and it's probably my favorite role of his yeah and i i'm, I'm gonna be honest. the contrarian and you're gonna hate me but i could not stay in this character this time around really <laughs> it's like oh he's an alcoholic isn't that funny and he's going to run around like a wild man and be obnoxious as possible and i'm like oh my god i get it <laughs> Again, I mean, okay. It's it's one of these times we need to remember two things. Two things. Uh, a, essentially, at the end of the day, it's a kids film. Secondly, this is one of the rare films he's allowed to survive through the whole film. So he's gonna run out of ideas of what to do after a while, you know, because you don't have people killing him off randomly. Gollum lives, doesn't he? I, no. I oh. mean, he lives through. He lives through a couple of the. Uh, uh, Two of the films, right? I don't know. He he yeah, and 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 he also lives through two of the three Planet <clears throat> of the Apes movies. Okay, You're right. Caesar doesn't die till the third well, one. Well, technically, joke, he lives through a Star Wars movie and a few episodes of a Star Wars TV series. Oh yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> I, I'd love to highlight two two of the sequences in this movie. Please, sure. the first the first being the flashback of Haddock's ancestor, the pirate, and that pirate ship battle i think is some of the best pirate action of any pirate movie it is the best single-handedly spielberg gives us the best pirate movie since 2003 in like a little Mm. 15 minute clip in this film uh yeah it was great um i i love that part that part actually it's, wins me where, over. Where the pirate ships, uh, oh. their masks get stuck together, and they're they're on fire, and the burning pirate sh- ship sweeps over the top of the other one. Oh. Like it's one of those carnival rides. Yeah. Can I just say I got At World's End flashbacks, though? Oh, no, 100%. Oh, yeah. But okay. this is the world's At World's End done 100 times better. Yeah, mm. there is something so cool, especially with how the pirates are designed, like that tacky, like early 
nineteenth. Technicolor costume. Yeah, that's, yes, very, that's very much clean. Yeah, very Errol Flynn style. Yes. and it's hokey, but it is so good. Honestly, mm. that um, when I was writing my ghost story script, that scene, um, mm. I actually like I would listen it. to the soundtrack of that scene while I was writing the um, the flashback parts for my 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 script, and that inspired that mm. that portion. I would. Uh... I'd like to take a minute to segue real quick and describe the plot to you myself, if I may. All right, please explain Tintin to us. Tintin buys a boat. Upper class Daniel Craig would like that boat. (laughs) Tintin meets this captain he needs to see. They go into the desert for a little bit and destroy an entire town because an opera singer was invited to break glass. And but the bad guy gets the things he needs anyways, and then they go to a shipyard and they bang two cranes together, and then they give the three clues, and they're like, the three clues say to go here, and then they go to a house, and they're like, we found a little treasure, but there's more. Would you like to go on an adventure, Mr. Crippling Alcoholic that definitely needs help? Why, sure I would. The end. You got to keep him away from the bottle. I mean, I disagree with that. That is a very simplistic version of but it. But he's not I lying. Think, well, no, he's not lying, but it's not random events happening. I remembered it being a little more epic. Not to say that the action sequences aren't, but in terms of its plotting, I'm like, okay, they got the clues they need. Now they're going to go on more of an adventure. And I'm like, oh, no, there's like 20 minutes of the movie left. <laughs> Yeah. As far as like the adventure in history goes, it's no Indiana Jones. No. I so the when this film came out, I, I saw I like rented it after it came to DVD, and you know it was fine. I didn't like it that much. When I really discovered my love for this film is after playing uh, the Uncharted series. Okay. And I, I I played Uncharted four. I'm like I want more of that. Yeah. And I, I turned to this. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and the whole this is chase in in that one town feels very inspired by the chase through through the city towards the end of the film. Yeah, yeah take that, Tom Holland. No, no, <laughs> the video game. No, I'm just saying so Tom this is a better could be a live action Tintin. I'll no, say I'm that saying now. this is a better Uncharted movie. That's what you're saying, right? That's all I meant. Yes, yes. Oh, this is a hundred percent. That's all a I better, meant. Yeah. Better Uncharted film. Yeah. Is Nathan Drake also a horrible alcoholic? Uh, well, Sully smokes cigars. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. That's a classy, but they're still classy both thing bad to for do. You. Oh, Mark Wahlberg is Sully. I don't know video games, okay? that's I'm going to get so, so much I, I don't expect so, <laughs> you to. That, that is a reference purely for Mason. Yeah, so here's so here's the thing. And I'm going to tell tell you, Yaney. I'm going to, you know. Uh, so the problem with Uncharted is... One the of film? the problems, yeah, the problem with Uncharted, okay. the film, is that the film mostly uses the fourth installment video game as the plot okay. for its first film. So mm. a lot of the stuff that happens in it has a lot more meaning in the game because you've followed them through this entire uh, journey over the course of a, a whole other trilogy of games. So mm-hmm. you've earned that when he finds his brother, when he finds the treasure that they were going to find together. And uh, it was really good. But mm-hmm. I think, I feel like Sony just saw, oh, game good. We copy that game because it's popular. But it's popular because it earned its way there. Um, which, you know, is a, you know, 
uh, which was why people who did like Uncharted didn't really like the movie. But I do know people mm. who like the movie who haven't played Uncharted. So, yeah. I mean, they don't have anything better to reference it against, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if I had seen the Uncharted movie, I would have been like, oh, Indiana Jones Tintin. Got it. Indiana Tintin. I think the biggest comparison is, uh, you know, Indiana Jones is a dork inside of an action hero's body. Tintin is a dork inside of a dork's body. That's a fair point. Plus, Indiana Jones doesn't have a cute little doggy to take with him. This is true. Yeah. This is true. I like Tintin as an action hero a lot because he's very. Indiana Jones will plow through as many people as he needs to kill to no get. No matter where how he's going. old he is. Yeah, Tintin is very uh, ingenious with how he chooses to not uh, kill people. He'll punch someone. He'll, he'll have a gun and you know. Uh, I think shoot I forgot to cover himself. Yeah, I but. think I forgot that part too. I'm like, oh, he's just a cute little boy going on adventures. I'm like, oh my god, he's packing immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like when he's being chased by the uh, the the ship on the ship, uh, he doesn't shoot the person shooting him. He shoots the spotlight, so it blinds everyone. Oh, I know. I'm like, first like 15 minutes, like somebody gets brutally murdered and gunned down, and the dog almost dies. I'm like, oh, I forgot how hard this goes. Yeah. No, it, it definitely goes hard, uh, but like I like that they make the choice for Tintin to be like, I'm not going to take a life in this. Sure. Take, I yeah, mean, take that, Zack Snyder. It's, it's never really a choice. Yeah, I, I call... So, um, Superman is America's big blue boy scout, and then this is mm. the Belgian blue boy scout. Um, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, but with, you know, with that, I do think... I think... There's, it's never lingered on that he makes a choice. Um, like I feel like he's kind of a a bit of a Mary Sue in that sense, where he's just a uh, Gary Sue, a Gary Sue, if you will. Yes, where you don't really. I feel like we don't really explore his character at all, and he's just I'm a good, I'm a guy, good reporter, guy who's good at everything. And yeah. I get it. I get it. But it's like, I want to get to know him. I, I would like that. Sure. I don't, I feel sure. like we keep drawing the comparisons of Indiana Jones, but right. we don't really, I feel like we know Indy better. We know more about him. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the first film. I, I well, think. even Indiana Jones is arguably supposed to be a blank slate, like escapism, pretend you are this character kind of character. But you're right. He is more fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, by the third film, oh yeah, heck, we know a lot about him. But even mm-hmm. with this, even in the first film, I think we know we get we get a sense, a better sense of him, um, and we see him because we do have that opening scene in South America. But then we jump, oh, jump to he's a professor, so we even mm-hmm. start to see that versatility. This is. Hello, I'm mm. Tintin. I'm a reporter, and I oh oh yes, golly no gee, we... I like that boat. Let me yeah. buy it. Yeah, a exactly. Pound. <laughs> a pound. So I've already bought it. So can I you just know. say, and you're gonna hate me again? I did not think any of the humor in this movie worked. Ooh. Really? <laughs> yeah, not not a little bit. <laughs> Look, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the uh, Thompson and Thompson, and I uh, love Nick Frost. And uh, and Simon Pegg and I mean the pickpocket scene kind of worked. So 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 Hergé was a big Chaplin fan, hence why they look so much like what? Chaplin. 
Yeah. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm very happy that Spielberg takes the time to put in some good slapstick with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. What humor specifically are you, are, do you not like? Haddock is, is the majority of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you don't like one of the main characters of the movie, you're going to have a bad time can, can watching the movie. Can I just interject really quick? In the scene where the pickpocket does uh, hit, like, crash into the lady with the birds, and mm-hmm. the birds are, like, floating around his head, I just always think of the beginning of Roger Rabbit, where I'm like, no, no, no! You're supposed to see Rabbit stars! stars! Rabbit <laughs> see stars! Please! Um, Look! Bonk! Look! <laughs> Ooh, that was really good! Ugh. I probably blew out my mic on that, but it was worth it. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder. I wonder if one of the reasons this film is not better from a script perspective is because of the writer's strike. Uh, it's partly that. It's partly Edgar is credited, but he only like spent minimal time on it. Mm. I, I, so, so the writers th- like this is a stacked production. Of oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not, not, so, it, yeah, Spielberg directing, Jackson producing, Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy also producing. Um, that was um, right before. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. when. <laughs> <laughs> that was when that still meant something. So, but but the 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 screenplay is credited to Edgar Wright, Stephen mm-hmm. Moffat of mm-hmm. Doctor Who, and mm-hmm. uh, Joe Cornish. Uh, I think is his name. Yeah, that's Edgar's usual writing partner. That isn't Simon Pegg or the lady that helped write him. Help. If uh, this thing was any more British, yeah, I want to. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I like this movie. I think it's a four-star excellent production. Yeah, there was just things this time around, separated from the theater, like twelve years later, that bugged me. Since I yeah, had to be th- this more... This is a film that yeah. thrives on the big screen. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, as, as somebody who saw it first on DVD, it sure does. <laughs> it was fun also going back to this because I had just really started to appreciate Daniel Craig as an actor outside That's of James fair. Bond. Yeah, I... And it was fun I, to see him yeah. play a villain like this. I want to see the exact same film. But he plays a dual role, and Benoit Blanc just pops in and helps him solve the stuff. He's like, it is perplexing to me why you would put a separate island there. You are waiting to pull that impression out at any point, aren't you, my friend? I was. I was. Yeah, eventually they end up in Begar, which is where the best set piece of the entire film takes place. Ten out of ten. Just just the the one shot going down from the palace all the way down to the docks. Mm -hmm. It's... So much fun. Is it just me, or does the Sheik look like a very tan Bob Hoskins? I was thinking Bob Bob Babylon or whatever his name is. Balaban. That sure. <laughs> You're right, Lakitis. It is probably the one of the best set pieces from that period of time. Um, I mean, keep in mind, like we are a year, we're just a year off from the Avengers, which is weird because this feels so separate from that time period. But like really this, the end of an era. Oh my gosh, right? And Because this was a weird time. This was a weird time because mm-hmm. Disney was still kind of working its way back up. Um, Pixar was working its way down. Picks it very quickly. From going to the highest peak to down. Yeah. So <laughs> Like Toy Story 3 to Cars 2. Just imagine that. Yeah. It really was a weird... I mean, that was a crazy year for animation, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. It, like, at large in the industry... 
too, because I mean, this uh, same yeah. year, same year as Tintin, you had Captain America: The First Avenger, you had Thor, mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, you did have Rango, you had oh, you Pirates had uh, the Winnie the Pooh, which was Winnie really the, the beginning of the end for yeah. the hand drawn at Disney. They gave it two shots and were like, I guess not. Well, yeah, because the the test was uh, which is going to do better. Princess and the Frog or Tangled, and it was Tangled. So, but I think I my maybe people con- are racist. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my <laughs> personal conspiracy theory was by making Princess and the Frog uh, traditional animation, they kind of set set that up. For oh, failure. you're saying the mouse is racist? Interesting. So you're saying uh, if they if Princess and the Frog had the spectacular kind of CGI that Tangled and Moana had. I'm saying that if I'm no quite the opposite. I'm saying that if the blonde hair, blue eyed uh, protagonist was in the classically 2D animation film, I think oh. that that uh, it would have been allowed to be, to continue. But they flipped it because they wanted controversy and they wanted it to fail. I think you think it's a light year kind of situation where it's like, see, Pixar movies don't do well in theaters anymore. So, well, that and I think and Strange World. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, that I think Princess and the Frog was a little better marketed than that, but I, I uh, see what you mean. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and I, I think, mean, thank Strange God, World. thank yeah. God now Princess and the Frog is getting the respect it so long has deserved. Well, that's so. really the thing with a lot of these Disney movies. Give it a time, give it some time, it'll have a cult following. Like, there shouldn't be Black Cauldron Pops or a Tron sequel, you know what I mean? But you bet your butt there is. Honestly, I don't know why Disney loves Tron so much. They, so, they Someone there keeps trying to make Tron happen, and I cannot for the life of me fathom who that at is. At every turn. At every turn. It is like out of, like, ten years ago, someone just went, sequel, video games. Like, uh, so many things. Yeah, Daft Punk. Rides. Like, we have to introduce... Disney to the people of China in our Shanghai park. Let's make sure mm. by by hook or by crook we get a Tron ride in there. Is That's what's Tron important. Popular in China? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Because like even Disney Interactive, like it was one of the last games. Like at the time, they had they had a choice. They can make a five star Pirates of the Caribbean game. Uh, uh-huh. RPG, or they could finish uh-huh. this Tron game, and they chose the oh, Tron geez. game, and this was at the oh, height no. of like pirates being cool. So it's very strange. Um, if you're joining us now, this is our Tintin episode. Uh- Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm lost. I got up to help my dog, and now I don't. I don't know well, where we're at. When you say Disney Interactive, I just remember those. Uh- CD-ROM game. Yeah. Yeah, the point and click. Yep. So I don't associate that necessarily with, like, quality video games, if, if you catch my drift. No, those were great. Did you ever play Villain's Revenge? Nope. That no, was, I didn't. That was one of... That is one of my favorite games of all time. Incredible. I'll check it out. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that that's how people will be with the Tintin episode. No, oh, okay. Uh, but this all connects. We were talking about where animation and film in general was at the time Tintin came out. Because 2011 was kind of the turning point 
before Avengers came out the next year. That was when Winnie the Pooh 2011 came out, and that was when Disney was like done with hand-drawn animation. I think mm-hmm. 1010 was kind of the end of stop motion or stop motion. Oh, jeez, stop, stop. <laughs> uh, yes, they did stop motion capture films like this. Motion, motion capture animation. Oh, Disney would geez. lose the the animated Oscar next year to Rango. Yeah. Mason, can I ask, because I feel like Disney has a monopoly on that award, how did Mm -hmm. Shrek and Rango and some of these other ones slip through the cracks? Uh, Well, the thing is, Shrek didn't slip through the cracks. The animated Oscar was created for Shrek, so it will always own that over Disney. So as much as you want to say, yeah. oh, Disney Monopoly, Disney Monopoly, this was created I mean, the for Oscar Shrek. Is, they nominated Monsters, Inc. and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, so it, it looked like it was a fair I mean, game, if they nominated like Jimmy Neutron and there was only three they could find, they weren't looking that hard in 2001. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say Katzenberg like, pulled strings like and what? made a dark... It made a dark blood pact under a pale moon over a sacred calf. <laughs> but blood all magic. I'm saying is there <laughs> one day there wasn't Shrek and there wasn't a best uh, uh, animated Oscar. And next day there was Shrek and a best animated Oscar. <laughs> so Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> <laughs> this little rat is guilty. <laughs> Oh. Disney didn't even have an animated movie be nominated in 2011. I mean, uh-huh. if that's really a Katzenberg pulling the strings, then the joke's really on him, because who owns most of those best animated Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> oh. But occasionally you get a Spirited Away or a Spider-Verse, and you're like, you know what? Good for them. And then sometimes you get mm. a happy feet, and you're like, why? <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. Uh, Josh, are you on the computer? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> you so, to, to AOL. Can you search something? For I'm can, trying to use the phone. Can you see on the interwebs if uh, how many and what are the films that beat out Disney for best animated? I used to be able to name. Okay, these. so uh, Shrek beats Disney in 2001. Mm-hmm. Spirit Away 2002. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Disney had a distribution deal with Spirit Away. So. Yeah. So it's essentially. Um, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit I wins forgot about in that 2005. One. <laughs> uh, then Happy Feet the year after. So whoa, 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 So whoa, whoa, whoa. wasn't automatically the Disney Pixar no, Awards? No, the first five no. years, you're telling me the first, yeah, five years of it, um, four, four out of all of them were not... Uh, Disney, so... For six. For six, six right. yeah. I'm calling um, shenanigans so hard. Uh, in 2003-2004, it's Finding Nemo and the Incredibles. Rightfully oh. so. Um, so then after Happy I mean, Feet, yeah. it's, it's Ratatouille, Wally, Up, Toy Story 3, and then in 2011, Rango wins. Hold mm-hmm. on, hold on, hold on. Pixar was not owned by Disney yet in 2003 and 2004, just distributed by... Mm, there you go. All right. Um, and then after Rango, it becomes Brave, Frozen, Big Hero 6. Brave Inside was the Out, turning Zootopia. point where there were much better movies nominated that year, and it went to the Pixar one. It makes you think. Yeah. Mm. Coco. And, and then so from Rango in 2011, Disney wins until 2018 was Into the Spider-Verse. Which Disney has a piece of that pie, too. 
You know who owns the merchandising for that thing? Yeah, but the that's mouse. very minimal at best. <laughs> da mouse. The mouse. Da bears. Uh, and then, yeah, from since Spider-Verse, Disney is one every year. Toy Story 4, Soul, and Encanto. Mm. Should have been the Mitchells versus the Machines. Darn right it should have. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where's but, your yeah, heart, was, boy? Oh, uh, yeah, and Klaus, Klaus, our last Klaus. episode... Absolutely should have be won. Toy Story 4. Heck yeah. Toy Story 4 is a piece of delightful entertainment that I have no problem with whatsoever. I'm trash. <laughs> <laughs> then I start eating garbage. I'm but again, trash, no, man. no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, Toy Story 4 is the same thing with Tintin. We're back at Tintin. It's like got all these beautiful textures. It looks great. It looks great. But... Why? <laughs> I don't even mind like the big the crane review. fight at the end of Tin Tin. I think I it's like that. it's supposed. I don't like I it. it. It's so I dumb. It. It, it's an it's We're a like escalation of the sword fight. Do you yeah. get it? <laughs> and that's why I think this film had to be uh, motion capture. I don't think anyone anyone would like it live action. I don't think an animation no it would have been That's the like, point where Daniel Craig becomes a mustache trilling villain. I'm glad you remember who I am because now it'll be more fun to kill you. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like if if that was the reason it was made motion capture, then it shouldn't have been made motion capture. <laughs> Can we That's come up fair. with a more exciting climax than two elderly drunken men hitting grains against one another? <laughs> <laughs> Property damage. Property damage. <laughs> dirty duty. Dirty duty. <laughs> I'm just saying we have that amazing action sequence that maybe should have just been the climax. Mm, and then we yeah. follow it with, oh, no, he got all the clues. Now we're in a a boatyard, and then we have to drive to a house and then go yeah. to a basement. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, we, like, we have the highs of this, of this film. We do. Like, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. everything's The happening. highs of adventure. And then, like, okay, wow, we just did this whole thing. We destroyed a city to find the clue. Yes. Now I'm going to finish it in a boatyard. What? But well, if we put the clues once against each other in the sun, it tells us to go to a house. But, but when they're done with the crane fight. When they're done with the crane fight, uh, Daniel Craig's character comes back onto the boat just like his ancestor did in the flashback. No, we and, get and, it. And then, and then Haddock throws alcohol bottles at him to show just how much he's overcome his addiction. It's a real Eddie Valiant moment. The thing that was holding moment. him down is now defeating his enemy. That's what you think overcoming addiction is. We have a very long talk to have after this podcast. This is a very special episode of Artificial Entertainment. Kids, we've had a lot of fun tonight. But you know what's not fun? Drugs. Or alcohol. Or firearms. That whole division of the government is right to do what they do. (laughs) Remember, if you're playing Captain Haddock, play it smart. And if you take drugs, you go to hell before you die. (laughs) You got me. Is that going to be in the Super Mario Brothers movie? You son of a gun, you got me. (laughs) I go to hell before I die. (laughs) That wasn't part of the deal. It's my favorite Mario quote. <laughs> Wahoo! Here Let's go. go. Has anyone gotten Charles Montenegro to say that? <laughs> I'm sure some fan somewhere on Cameo. Mario. Hey, kids. Remember, if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> he turned into a leprechaun at the end. 
<laughs> you are yeah, my lucky you charm. Go, <laughs> you go to hell before you die. Rocky, if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Sheeple, wake up That's my... That's one of my favorite obscure MST gags. Whenever a character says, Rocky, Crow will go, again? (laughs) (laughs) You guys better say you like Tintin. Otherwise, next time I'm going to make you watch the adventures of Rocky and Bull. I would love to do an episode on that. You know, it was one of this guy's favorite childhood movies. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. I still think that is a good movie. I will defend that. That is a good adaptation of that show. My only complaint about that movie is that it's not Hillary Duff. I love Piper Parabo. I watched a little bit of Covert Affairs because I had a crush on her as a kid. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> and I had a crush on Hillary Duff, so we both lost. So, Mason, there's and I a had a crush target. on Bullwinkle. There's a target in Muncie that every time we go there, we hear so yesterday, and that is the only time <laughs> I've ever heard Hillary Duff in the wild, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what is with this She's target. been making the rounds. Metamorphosis has had, like, a resurgence in the last year, because so, I'm like, I'm I, again, I'm in a target, and all of a sudden, uh, like, my wife looks at me, and I'm like, what? And then I hear, let the rain come down and wake my dreams. It's very strange. How I Met Your Father, guys. It's really, really bringing back the Duff what a hit. wave. Uh, I, I know we're kind of past this conversation a little, but I, I have the numbers for uh, nominations and wins of Best Animated at the Oscars. Please, sure. please do. Uh, uh, and they do differentiate between Disney and Pixar as, as studios. Smart. So uh, the company with the most it's wins... called diversifying. <laughs> ...is Pixar with 11. All right. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, Walt Disney has four. That's surprising, um, actually. DreamWorks has two. What's the uh, other interestingly, one? Uh, Disney and DreamWorks have the exact same number of nominations, 13. Spooky. Wait, what other DreamWorks movie that's not Shrek one? Uh, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh, I forgot. That's more Aardman, though, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Aardman is, is counted separately because Aardman, Ghibli, Sony, and Nickelodeon have each won one. I know... I know Pirates was nominated. I think Shaun of the Shaun the Sheep was nominated. Yeah. Uh, why is Pir- yeah Pirates of Band of Misfits is is considered a Sony movie and not an Aardman? Oh no, it is. It's in both categories. Yeah. So Wallace, Pirates, Shaun the Sheep, and Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon. I didn't know all, Farmageddon made it that. That kind of came and went here in this in the, in the colonies on Netflix. I didn't even and I know that happened. Yet. I didn't even know yeah. that happened. I heard it's good. I just haven't watched it yet. Yep, same. Tim Burton is also just on here with with zero wins but two nominations. Corpse Ride and Frankenweenie? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Hey, 2012 was a good year for stop motion, man. We got Paranorman, Pirates, and mm-hmm. Frankenweenie in like the span of a few months. Yeah. So, well, that's our review of Tintin, everybody. Well, let's let's wrap it up. Any Anything we'd like to sum it up with? Yeah, like why does it mean so much to you? And then we can give our final thoughts. I, I, I really just think it's a fun movie with characters I enjoy. It, it is a roller coaster of the film. It, 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 it's motion capture. It's all done on a computer. But I still think Spielberg is the master of a camera and knows exactly where mm. he can put it and takes full advantage of that in this film. He's not, he has no limitations, but unlike Zemeckis, he knows when too much is too much. He keeps it grounded but fun. That's fair. 
All right. And something new I want to try for okay. 2023. Just really Ooh, quick, we're going to go. I don't need explanations. I just need the answer. All right. Lakitis, who is your favorite character in this picture? Haddock. Tyler, who is your favorite character in this picture? Snowy. <laughs> okay. And my favorite character was Haddock. Um, Lakitis, what was your favorite scene or set piece in this picture? You know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say something different. I'm gonna go with the pirate fight. Okay. I, I think that was... Oh, I'm giving an explanation. I apologize. No, all right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. You can give like a sentence or whatever. Yeah, I just think, I think it, it, it's some of the best pirating put to film. Yeah. All right. And normally I'm pirating film, not not filming pirates. Okay. Tyler, no, Tyler, what was your favorite scene or set piece? Confronting the pickpocketer. Okay. Really? I think that feels the most Edgar Wright... Just in terms of like, hey, it's, we're just going to have a scene of witty dialogue mixed with some slapstick. And here's Nick Frost and uh, Simon Pegg for you. And Toby Jones. I think mm-hmm. it escalates really well, too. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. you said not to justify it. it no, no, it's okay. It's, it's all right. What do you, what do you want? Hey. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, mine would <laughs> hey, be the pirates. what can I do for you? You will please be unconscious. <laughs> um, yeah, mine, mine would also be the pirate scene. Um, it's the best bit of pirate action to come out of 2011 which is funny because the pirates of the caribbean film was in 2011 okay arguably the worst one no not arguably no no the worst one is definitely dead men tell no tales or jack sparrow if you put a a gun to me and jc's heads we will we will take uh dead men tell no tales over the really really boring on stranger tides oh here i come jack sparrow but neither of them are very good. At least no. the fifth one is like memorably bad in some of the wacky things it does. The fifth one has some good Barbosa. Barbosa has a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Barbosa is yeah. always on point in, in the films. No yeah, matter he's never what. bad in any of these. Yeah. I I'd I'd still go with the fourth one because Barbosa's in a different type of situation. And also I still think Everything in England's really fun in that. It's as soon as they hit the open sea that that film takes. boring. And I will say, I like that it has more of a Spanish influence. The Pirates of the Caribbean films are way too British. Uppity British. Uppity British. Very uppity. What a waste of Ian McShane, though. Oh, what a great guy. The guy that played Beckett, he showed up in um, uh, White Lotus, which is a popular film or a popular TV series nowadays. Um, mm. And I, I was won some Golden Globes last night, as I recall. Yeah, it did. That's my for the uh, evil stepmother from a Cinderella story. There's your Hillary Duff connection. Mate. She's fantastic. She's iconic, and mm-hmm. uh, she is great. It's a good show. I'm we never going to watch it. those American Pie movies, though. No, thank you. I like her in Best in Show. I can't remember ben, what the comparison the, was. All the Christopher Guest movies she's in, uh, amazing, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think I've I've heard it said that Jennifer Coolidge is uh, the female impression equivalent of everyone having like a Walken or a Morgan Freeman. That's that's a good that's that's a good comparison. Yeah, sure. Why not? And that like it's so, it's or a Goldblum where it's like it's so her that you can like do an impression and people are gonna know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um she's also in Gravity Falls. That's cool. She is. Oh, is she the waitress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's lazy Susan. Oh with, with the funny eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little Mo with the gimpy leg. What a great show. 
it has been a good six or seven years since I watched that. It's, it might be now that you and Brennan are watching. It might be time for a rewatch. Yeah, we just got yeah. the third journal. Ooh, I have that in storage go. somewhere. I need to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler gave me the third journal. I think as a, like a wedding present. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah. I think you had mentioned that the other day. I did. Yeah. Um, you still have that? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's on my shelf. Great stuff. Right next to my Tintin book. Hey, Yay! There you go. It all ties so together. Tintin. If you haven't seen Tintin, it is available now on HBO Max until they get it rid is. of it. For how long? Who knows? Who knows? So there's that, that website could could just come down in flames at any minute. I mean, it's a Paramount-owned thing, so they could snatch it up at some point. Yeah, Yay oh, for yeah. all these Paramount stream- Plus, everyone's favorite streaming Yay service. Yay for all. Peacock and Paramount Plus should just be in a package of streaming services we only want one thing from. <laughs> Paramount, they're really trying. I, I have... Well, uh, they I know they shot themselves in the leg giving HBO the South Park rights, and now they have to wait till 2025 to get those back. Yeah, I, I think that... I, like I, I don't know. Paramount has a lot of good stuff that it could be, like stuff in the vault, I guess. But it's just so yeah. it feels such so superfluous. Next, looking next to Disney or yeah. uh, Universal well, as like one of the big yeah. five uh, studios. It's like Sony making a streaming service, which they wisely decided not to do. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, boy, I hope you like Men in Black and Ghostbusters. <laughs> what we own of, of Spider-Man. Yeah. It's where they could put all their Ghostbusters TV shows they were going to make. It's mm. like, if I told you there was a Sony-themed water park somewhere out there in the universe, what main IPs do you think would be in that water park? Because I guarantee you'd be right. 21 Jump Street. Incorrect. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Men in Black, Ghostbusters, and Jumanji. That's all you got to work with. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I'd go to a water park with those themes. I I mean, it. I'm a Ghostbusters whore for life, so there's, there'd be no stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think, because uh, they used to do a lot of business with Universal for, like, park rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, they still, yeah. They still do have a... Men in Black attraction at is that still Universal. Running? Oh yeah, that is I still did not running. Know that. So I mean, I I think they should link up and again and like we could you could have a kick butt um, Ghostbusters attraction nowadays with I mean with all of the oh, sure. new stuff Melissa we have McCarthy, with, Chris and Wig. Oh, hey, no. some of us liked that movie in spite of its many flaws, and that would well, be me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all three. Yeah. Seeing Brand, that movie so. in an empty movie theater is the best way to experience it. We're way off topic, but Mason, I have a question. Yeah. What does the fate of Simpsons at Universal look like now that the mouse has that kind of power? Well, the mouse has had that power for about three years now. True. Um, and That's crazy, really first of all. Nothing. Yeah. It's th- they're doing nothing really with it at the time. I think, personally, uh, they should use it as a way to parlay um park rights for marvel um, i mean they are not going to budge on the hulk or spider-man stuff as a middle finger i don't finger. think they should <laughs> i don't think they should but i do think they could say hey fine keep it fine but like we can we can start you know causing we can figure something out where you know you guys have 
uh, you know, we, we share the rights to this and, you know. Yeah, now, now I, don't know. I don't I I don't claim to be any student of theme parks, but I'm trying to be as of Mason's TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I feel like I remember hearing somewhere that like uh, their, their contract runs out in like a year or two. The Simpsons? I, yeah, with Universal, like, like the rights. So that could be it. That could say, hey, you could either. Well, and that's interesting because Universal is. Well, that's in like a huge years. chunk of their park. What are they gonna do? Well, they're opening up a whole new park in 2025. So For Nintendo. Nintendo, Universal Monsters. Um, you said they How might to train your dragon. You said they might do like a throwback part of the park. There, that that's been rumored for a long time, but never confirmed. Wouldn't that be ironic um, if it did get turned back into a Back to the Future? Right? I think it would be great if they did that. Um, you know, there's a whole section of that park that could and should uh, kind of be reverted because there is a huge undercurrent. Of fans of confrontation, Jaws, right? Jaws. Conf- yeah, all earthquake. Of that stuff. Like when I first went to Universal back when I was a kid, at like '05 or something, all that stuff was still there for the most part. Yeah, now and that's all of why it's gone I, except for yeah, all of it's gone now except for ET. Like ET mm, is on like that. Queen Elizabeth level death watch. Yeah, you yeah. can't get rid so, of that. Really. I'm surprised when they got rid of Jaws finally. Um, let's see. Yeah. So, uh, well, and now now they're talking. That they're gonna basically reimagine that. This is a like a far fetched rumor, but it has mm-hmm. legs. Uh, they're gonna reimagine it and kind of put a, a Jaws inspired attraction in the new park in the horror land, and instead of Jaws, it's gonna be it's the gonna be a from minion the Black lagoon. Oh no, it's gonna be the creature <laughs> from the Black Lagoon. See, I would love if they brought the Universal Monsters back, other than like a pizza restaurant or something. Oh, yeah, no, there's going to be, there's, like, the concept art is showing there's a whole castle now. There's, like, a rock show or something. I don't know. There's, like, two attractions and a show. I wish I had been there when uh, Twister was still Ghostbusters, but that that was, like, way before our time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some great videos on YouTube of Twister that. made oh, me watched cry it. when I, I watched went it with you. Child. Oh, Twister was terrifying. I'm like, I'm not having fun at all. <laughs> Uh, so I'm so not writing it out. I'm surviving. And I have uh, rumors <laughs> indicate that the duration of a 20-year licensing agreement putting the uh, putting the end of the Universal's rights to the Simpsons at the end of 2028. However, unlike the Marvel oh. contract, there is no in perpetuity clause or region-based restrictions. So, so what you could say is, listen, you can you have a whole section of that park. Uh, dedicated to The Simpsons. That's a lot of resources in a time when you're burning a lot of resources on other stuff. Did you hear what happened yesterday? Mm-mm. Probably not. So, uh, so at uh, as of this recording, yesterday, um, Universal announced that they're going to try and open a small satellite park in Frisco, Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For kind of to the scale of like a Legoland that's designed for younger families or like like families with smaller children and it's going to be more based on uh around like dreamworks and such um that would make so sense. there's that yeah and then they're going to put a year-round horror nights um in las yeah. vegas in, yeah i heard about that las vegas so they're going to be cool. burning a lot of resources 
putting, you know, building this whole new park, building this smaller park in Frisco, building, building and settling roots in Las Vegas, Disney could come in and say, hey, we're going to make it so you don't have to waste money closing off this whole section of your park that you already built. And you One just of the most popular parts, right? Yeah. And it's still a strong attraction. And the whole area is super popular and a super pivotal part of the park when it comes to their Halloween Horror Nights. Mason, um, did you know in, that? They do a Treehouse of Horror? What? Sorry, go I ahead. I know that with the Simpsons. They do a Treehouse of Horror thing every year? No, no. They, put, they have a warehouse uh, there and build scare zones into that. Um, it's not themed to Simpsons, but it's like they, they should use do that, that part of the park. That would be that'd be cool. They did that a couple years back with Marvel, uh, early early two thousands. Um, they themed the Marvel section of the park during the because um, they did did it in Islands of Adventure. There they did it themed to Carnage, like mm-hmm. he overtook that the Marvel Island. Sure. But um, but yeah, no, but they use that space. So what but were you saying? I'm Josh? saying like a Treehouse of Horror themed Simpsons Halloween thing would be like that writes itself. I mean it could. No, hundred percent. Is Inside the Magic a good like No, no, no. They no. got clickbaity. Yeah. They I they were I had I knew a reporter on there uh around the reporter time of hitchhike. With like no, 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 no. Quotation marks. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. He helped cover and push um, uh, hitchhikers and the oh. haunted, the Lego haunted mansion project. He was. I a good remember one. this. I remember this. And he was so incredibly helpful. I, I'm forgetting his name right now, but, um, but then like right around 2020, uh, everything changed and it just got super clickbaity. No one, uh, no one looks at it as a reputable source anymore. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I will not use it to talk about the Simpsons ride. But yeah, it, oh, it, it well, seems to what be. What did it say? Uh, well, basically, someone made a. <laughs> speaking of it being clickbaity, uh, they have a whole article about someone's TikTok talking about how the Simpsons ride seems to be getting neglected ahead of the contract expiring. Mm, so he five points out years though, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, it says that there is uh, the poster advertises a 3D Maggie Simpson short, the longest daycare, premiering in theaters in 2012. And it's that poster oh. still hangs in the queue. Oh, <laughs> oh. wow! Um, oh no! So, so what I'm thinking is I I don't know if that's I don't know how true that is I don't know how if it's like getting getting neglected especially I don't think it would be have to have to if it is getting neglected I don't think it has anything to do with the contract because like Splash Mountain's getting neglected but it's closing in like a week so. Um, but this, like, they could come in and say, hey, you could save yourself some money changing this or closing all this out and just keep everything running if you give us some leeway on some of the rights for Marvel. Kind of mm-hmm. a bit of a trade there, trade-off. Like, I mean, you could extend your contract for another 10 years. Would they even want the Simpsons in the park if it's like a family friendly thing mostly i think so because i i think that's the, the i think the simpsons can be family friendly enough and to get away with it yeah and you're not going to have like, most bought most tavern well that's yeah. what i'm saying that, you well, can't do you a lot could. of that i mean you, you can't have, do the quickie mart anymore bar. either now and you can't have crusty there because he'd be smoking well the only reason well, they have the quickie mart is because of when it was built otherwise you know the whole controversy no. 
What? What's the controversy? Oh, a the poo, poo is not in the oh, show anymore. Oh, 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 oh. I've oh, been oh. watching through the recent seasons out of curiosity. We never go to the Quickie Mart. Hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Um, well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I don't think Disney would build anything because, let's face it, at some point in the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to end. So, and there's not... Ri- what is? The Simpsons. Simpsons. You really think so? I think, I think it's going to have to because the cast is going to start Julie dying Kavner, off. Unless Julie Kavner, like, dies tomorrow. And I don't know. The mouse can be greedy. They could recast that and... Unless they're afraid of the fans. That's the only thing. Because there was a time where the show was getting too expensive because of cast negotiations. And, like, Fox was, like, throwing ideas out there. Like, all right, the cast is too expensive. Let's just get soundalikes. And the fans, like, rioted. So I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it's a sound. Like, I think the only reason that they've been so prominent is because uh, they're kind of a figurehead for everything they acquired with Fox. Yes. So there's a reason that's like why Bob's Burgers, which is arguably a much tamer, more family friendly show, did not premiere on Disney Plus, And this did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And, and, and plus, I, to add to Mason's point, it's not one of their IPs. So I think they're less precious about it. They're not necessarily as interested in preserving it. Again, it's the fans that have The Simpsons in its proper uh, aspect ratio on Disney Plus. Disney mm-hmm. was not interested mm-hmm. in doing that. It was just it's keeping true. it in the HD cropped version. Well, who's yeah. in charge so, of all the Fox stuff? Like, who's keeping Family Guy on the air? Who's putting Bob's Burgers in the theaters, you know? Seth MacFarlane is the person keeping Family Guy on the air. <laughs> like, he could give a crap right now. He's all about the Orville. He needs he needs know. that to make money to make the Orville. Sure. And he's Shit. doing a TED show, I think, for Peacock. Oh, yep. my gosh. It's a TED prequel. So the point yep. I'm trying to make is it's not worth the investment for Disney. It's not mm. worth the investment. It's not worth the investment to build something for Disney. It's not worth the investment to tear it all down for Universal. So they're probably going to offer a contract saying, hey, 10 more years, you know, because then everything mm. you're doing right now will be figured out. And we'll make some money. It's basically just a promo for us at this point anyway. Mm. That's a good point. So... You keep it, fine. Give us a bit of leeway. Like, get, we'll give it to you for free, basically, if you give us some leeway on one or two characters, even. Like, X, Y, and Z characters. Because they've itemized characters in the contract for Marvel. So, like, hey, give us some of these back. We'll let you keep that. I, I think that's possible. I don't know. Well, is Spider-Man allowed in the uni- or the, uh, the Orlando Park? No, no one is except for Black Panther, I think. Oh, maybe not Black Panther. I'm not sure about Black Panther. But the Guardians are allowed in. Ant-Man is... I don't know what the situation is with Ant-Man, but he's kind of freewheeling in the parks. They Um, can't stop him. Anytime they try and remove him, he shrinks. He shrinks. He was never there. Who knows? So... I mean, you could, uh, they could stand to like give up a few, few of them or just share them. I don't think, I mean, Spider-Man maybe is too big of a, too big of a, uh, of a Mm. chess piece, but I don't know the fantastic four Captain America and Iron Man. They don't have an attraction for them. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Just, Hey, give us cap, give us Iron Man. There we go. 
That way but, you're not you're not affecting the Doom ride. You're not affecting the Hulk ride. And mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, they don't really care about Hulk anyway. Yeah, uh, like the only does. real, <laughs> the only attraction there that uses a big contender that Spider-Man. is gonna that like really could do something is spider-man the other mm-hmm. ride i think is storm and magneto which right now there's nothing to do with because again disney uses mostly their mcu as well a, they gotta let those uh actors x-men actors contracts dry up yeah before so they there's can no start. point of that yeah so maybe give us give us the x-men park rights x-men park rights and that way when the x-men get big uh in like again 10 15 years um mm-hmm. The X-Men are big. Oh, here's a whole new land at uh, Hollywood Studios. It's the Xavier Estate, and you get to go in the Danger Room or fly the Blackbird. See, I, here's, here's the thing. Disney's got all the cards. They can just wait. They don't need to play ball. That That's that's the sad part. Uh, yeah. is they don't well, have to I play think... ball with Universal because eventually it's yeah. all going to come back to them. Yeah, when does the Spider-Man rights for the park go back? Never. It's in perpetuity. It's in perpetuity. Until See, they do have bargaining un- rights, but, but they can't update it, right? They have to keep the that those graphics, those voice actors, That's those been designs. there forever. Um, I, th- I think they're allowed to update it. It actually, the, I think the stipulation is if it's shown in a way that is like, um, that like endangers the brand or like tarnishes the brand. <laughs> Spider Man brought his wiener out. Lose- <laughs> Yeah, so technically, I've thought of this idea, like, what if Disney got a mole, got him to act, like, become a face performer in Islands of Adventure, and then just punch, like, go to, like, get in a Spider-Man costume, get in a Captain America costume, and then just punch a kid. Or get an erection, that's pretty much all you have to do. Oh my gosh. That didn't work for Tigger, I don't think it's going to work for Spider-Man, you're just going to fire that actor. Get national, get... You could totally, they could orchestrate a whole thing so that it looks like Universal's tarnishing the brand. Boom. Overnight, an entire island of adventure. Gone. Blown up. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, Disney tarnished the Hulk brand more than Universal did. Well. (laughs) And this has been the Mr. Unofficial CEO podcast. (laughs) Crossover. Hey, it all connects. Tintin is like a... Theatrical like roller coaster ride, and we connects. Universal make a Tintin ride. Boom! We're talking about an island out of place in Universal, an island out of place, just like at the end of Tintin. I'm sure they have treasure in their basement somewhere. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Who knows? All right, we're coming up at an hour and forty. Does anyone want to like go into we're hip? uh, Talk about any movies we've seen recently that we like? Sure. All right, we're hip. Let's talk about it. My hip. Um, Every time. My, we're hip. My leg. My leg. So I feel like we've all been watching like films as duos, but then there's one of us who hasn't seen it. So really, Our we can talk about segment. Pinocchio. Yeah, like two of us has seen it and the other person hasn't. Um, so we can either talk about... Thank you. Um, we can either talk about Pinocchio or we can talk about... Puss in Boots. I've seen them both because I don't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I real quick. I, I can. Uh, Pinocchio is wonderful. It it is dark but fun. I I think it's definitely one of those films where like I'm excited to show my kid this one day. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, it's definitely, it's my favorite Pinocchio adaption since Disney's original. Um, it's easily Ewan McGregor's best role in a long time. Mm. Uh, and I really think it has a chance. <sighs> I want it to win best animated. I, that's my well, pick. Well, it won, it won last night at the Golden Globes. Right. Which I, I don't know if that's a good indication or not of what, what, uh, the Oscars are going to do. Some people say that's the real Oscars. So, I take, mean, take from that. Missing Link you... won one year, so do yeah, it that way, you will. And then Toy Story okay. Four won the Oscar that year. Weird. Oh. But I don't think Missing Link Weird. really ever had a chance for, for it was, the Oscar. It was, it's beautifully animated, but I think story wise, it's the weakest of those movies. Oh, a hundred percent. What about what about Kubo? Does anyone remember Kubo? I Kubo love Kubo. One of my Kubo. favorites from them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I liked it. <laughs> Pinocchio, that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> just I agreeing like with it. you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Niagara Falls. No, um, don't, don't, don't start just... that again. Don't start that again. <laughs> Holy I turned. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, it's a good film. It's a sad film. Um, I think, I, and I said this in my review that I did, um, it it's just has this, uh, it's that purple feeling. It's that impermanence. It's that perfect impermanence. Mm. And uh, I think at the very end, I, should I say what happens at the end? I'm a real boy! <laughs> no! No, Spoilers he never for Pinocchio. Yeah, spoilers for Pinocchio after I say that. Oh, they went became... the live-action Disney remake route. No. No, it's not like a, well, nobody knows. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. No, they didn't Maybe do Maybe I've always been a real boy from the no, start. No, he dies as Pinocchio, gives up his immortality, comes back as a, like from a wish, uh, another wish from the Blue Fairy, mm-hmm. and then for the rest of his days... He is a wooden boy who takes care of Geppetto until he dies, hangs out with uh, Jim, well, Sebastian uh, J. Cricket, Sebastian J. Cricket, uh, until he dies. And, um, and then the monkey, um, Spatula, um, Spatulo. What a silly monkey. Until he dies. So he's just immortal forever now. Mm -hmm. Until he dies. Until he does something that would actually cause him death. Yeah, and so then you just slowly immortal? watch. He buries but he doesn't Geppetto. Age. Yeah, he doesn't age. So he buries Geppetto. Jeez. And then and uh and Ewan McGregor's narrating like he buried Geppetto then. And then one day I didn't wake up. He found and me on the, the windowsill. And the, how yeah, are you talking, the, sir? And the music is swelling and it's like, oh, oh, and then he's walking out to bury uh, the cricket and the monkey <laughs> spatula. <tosses> well, <laughs> he's tosses him in a dumpster. No, it's actually very beautiful. But then, like Spatula's walking out with him, and then the Spatula fades away, and the grave for him appears yep. as he's walking out there. And it's really sad. Like everybody dies, but he remains. The only constant in our life is Pinocchio. If 2022 has taught us anything, it is that Pinocchio is a constant. Yeah. Um, 
So it's <laughs> father. It's wild. When can I go out on my own? Sour cheese. Um. So I thought it was a great film. It was beautiful, sad. The songs are great. Chow Papa should get a um uh, an Oscar nomination. I'll be very sad if it doesn't. I, I don't know if it's going to win, but it, it at least deserves a nomination. Um, I didn't know it was a musical going in. And one of my big notes was... Neither did I. The, the first song where, where Pinocchio's like, what's this? What's this? It's magic everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like, my brain went, oh, this is a musical? Yeah. Well, but there was but the, the songs song... get better. That first one, though, is a little shaky. It was freaky. It was scary because the music, the tones that it does are, is like kind of freaky. Like it's almost like a horror film with him coming to life. Um, I definitely think he leans into horror um, with in regards <laughs> to, um, you know, when the whole creation and uh, everything for Pinocchio. And I like that because, you know, he's he's a master of horror. Um, of but. Uh, yeah, I think the songs are, are pretty great. Pinocchio himself, once he understands, once he starts understanding life and, uh, growing, you know, like, it starts understanding the concepts of good and, and bad and everything like that really is great. Until that clicks for him, he's unbearable. He's awful. But he would be awful because he has no concept of what's like right and wrong what anything is like he's like what is this uh that's a toilet what do you do with it uh well this is kind of a kids movie yeah so <laughs> but this was supposed to be a kids movie um so i i think once it clicks it clicks and does great but yeah it does take a minute to get there i like that they frame it during um the reign of of mussolini um, yeah, it's it, the rise of fascism. Yep. I think it, that really um, changes, not changes, but it really, I don't know, gives it a different quality um, and kind of, I mean, I suppose we're as far away from the, then as uh, the Disney version was from when it was set. So think about that next time, maybe. Um, Won't you? But yeah. So Pinocchio, definitely, you'd recommend it, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, yeah, and I definitely think we'll, without a I, moment of hesitation. I'm hopeful that we'll see it in some capacity um, at, at the at Oscars. Oscars. Not that the Oscars matter, but no. Yeah. But it tells the producers what uh, it good. convinces producers yeah. to, so they think it matters. Yeah. So, um, but so tell uh, what about Puss in Boots? Puss in Boots. Let's let's. Let's pop it. Let's go. Tyler? Tyler? Yes? You were one of the two of us that saw Puss in Boots. What did you think? I thought it was darn delightful. Having this and the bad guys in the same year means DreamWorks back, baby. Yeah, I feel like they've kind of been on a hiatus over the last three years. Uh, The Boss Baby 2, a troll sequel, and a crappy-looking spirit sequel was what they had done Right before, uh, I what trolls. I would like to call this comeback. Yes, Trolls Two was actually fun. 
Very colorful. I did not. I was very annoyed the whole time. But animation-wise, yes, I think it's very good. That's why the, the direct-to-video-looking CGI spirit movie that somehow mm-hmm. got Julianne Moore and Jake Gyllenhaal was... I was baffling. I'm like, is this just a spinoff of your Netflix show that I'll never watch? But I don't yeah. know. I guess it made money. People like little girls. They, they, they love horses. Oh, girls love horses. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, Bren loves the troll films. Um, to so. each his own. I thought the first one was kind of cute. The second one annoyed me to no end, but and yeah. I, don't, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> Yeah, but this one, this is like, this is the the big homecoming. Um, yes, like, they've got so much good stuff here. They've uh, they've gone away from the very realistic like Shrek style to do something right. more stylized, but it still feels like that world. Like I also think this is more of a serious kind of story in terms of tone and themes, but it still has that Shrek parody element in it. Like there's tons yeah. of references. There's one character that I, I'm glad I didn't spoil for Mason that's hilarious. Oh, made the movie. Made the movie for me. Um, the, Gingy yeah. shows up. Pinocchio shows up. There's a quick, like, Lion King reference with Shrek and Donkey. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it, there's so many. And I think, honestly, we're starting to see people wake up to it. Uh, because yes. before I saw the – like, I feel like this past weekend or, like, this past week – people really started seeing it more and it's really starting to pick up because now great. I'm starting to see people talking about it more and more, even on Insta or on um, Twitter, on, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing clips and stuff popping up and just like, Oh, it's amazing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's uh, available for streaming. You don't necessarily I saw have to that. Go to I ain't going to yeah, already... spend no 25 bucks or whatever to rent it, but to each his own. Yeah. I mean, if that's, I mean, for some people with, you know, Two three kids. That's an easier oh, yeah. sell. No, I, I for, get that. I get that. Yeah, let's and if have you don't a have in. like the Regal app or the AMC app, it doesn't make yeah. sense to shout. I get that. Yeah, of course. But like, but again, this is kind of the Encanto effect where yeah, there's a film person. that you know is um, you know gets a little bit of buzz when it's released because again, it was set right up against. Avatar, so it was kind of left out to slaughter in that sense, but then it goes right to streaming mm-hmm. a lot sooner mm-hmm. than expected, and then it finds its legs and really starts picking up. I thought that was going to be the case with Strange World. Yeah, that, that it would really start to pick up once. Uh, it that's hit what Disney they were Plus. trying to do. Which, they were trying would you to see like if they to know the difference between those two films? Yes, do tell. One is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Strange World was bad. Not for to me. It just didn't work. It did not work. No, it was so boring and weirdly paced and formulaic. But, like, the visuals on the environments are great, but the character designs are, are ass. I don't know. It's just such a weird mixed bag of a movie. There's yeah. good. It's so weird that Disney can't do good sci-fi. Atlantis is wonderful. Atlantis, and I think Treasure Planet's Treasure great, Planet. but like for whatever reason, when Disney tries to do sci-fi, it doesn't connect. Tr- Tron Even Legacy Star Wars. is excellent, and Tron is also a film that exists. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. That's more Roger Rabbit than full sci-fi, but I guess I'll give it to you. It's more Candyland than sci-fi. Yeah, like, okay, well. Like, Hero's Duty like makes fun of sci-fi. Yeah, it makes fun of Halo. Have you seen the Halo TV show by chance? It's a lot like Lightyear. We're back. 
Did we record that part? Yeah. Uh, if, if I could plug one last film real quick. Sure. Yeah. I have to pee and, really and I, bad. I encourage you both to see it. <laughs> uh, I really liked Matilda, the musical yes, on Matilda. I, I don't know if I can, man. Like, Matilda, in a weird way, is kind of like a Christmas story where it just felt so mean and, like, nasty that I just never wanted to watch it as a kid. And like I've s- no yeah the, the chokey scared the crap yeah, out of me. As and a, like as I've a seen kid. it since, and I think it's fine. And I know like we we herald some of those darker kids movies because it dares to be, and I think kids kind of like that. Yeah. But also like mm-hmm. you add a musical element, and I'm like, eh, I'm, eh, eh. yeah. I I I so I just watched the original Matilda for the first time as an adult. Interesting. Uh, because of Matilda the musical. Loved it. It. I can't believe Danny DeVito just didn't get a blank check to make as many kids' movies as he wanted to after that. It's it's wonderful. I think it's a feminist masterpiece. Sure. And the way he moves the camera is like Sam Raimi making a kids' movie. It's a blast. And this one, I think, definitely has... It's stronger in some areas, weaker in, other, weaker in others. But I still think it, it's able to go dark and the songs slap. Okay. And the choreography is amazing for kids. Yeah, definitely check it out. He didn't. Dancing (laughs) dancing children scare me. I don't know. Something about it just feels weird. Okay. When you go to your kids' recital one day, you're going to be like, Ah! Get me out! (laughs) (laughs) Mason's having nom flashbacks. (laughs) Fortunate son starts playing in my head. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for joining us for another ADD Wonderland called Artificial Entertainment. Look out for us because we're going to be trying some uh, some new things this year. Some cool things. Yeah. We got a cool year ahead of us. I definitely think so. Um, Next episode is a Yaney episode. Tyler, do you know what uh, we're going to be watching? Oh, jeez. Oh, These always sneak up on me. Um, Tell me about <laughs> it. This is why I like to have Letterbox open on my computer you guys... just so I'm ready to pick. Be willing to do a Joe Dante kind of double feature? A double feature? I wouldn't be against it. Or, I mean, or we could, I feel like we struggle to stay on point for one movie, let alone two. I mean, I'm happy just doing matinee, but I'm like, can we talk about why Gremlins 2 is one of the best sequels ever made? Ooh. Ooh. I've hmm. never seen Gremlins 2. Matinee. Neither have I. You would not, love, I've also never seen You would matinee. love both of them personally. I think you would both adore them. And I think they're more lighter in, like, themes and content that I think we could do both of them, if you're okay with well, it. Well, I have a fun idea. Why okay. don't we put it up to our listeners? No. Okay. <laughs> Forget that. I was going to say, I don't think anyone, any one of our listeners has watched Matinee, so they're going to pick Gremlins too. Well, And even maybe. then, yeah. But what I was going to say is, I, the reason why I was going to suggest it is because we have an Instagram now. Uh, to and connect Instagram with our dot com. Yes, we are artificial pod. Oh, not only on Twitter now, but also on Instagram. Um, so if you are a listener and you're not following us, but you're on the Instagram, you want to check us out, go because we're going to be posting stuff. More stable than the bird app at the moment. It is. It definitely is. Mm. Um, well, maybe the bird app control. was always awful. How about that? <laughs> This is true. It just too. took an awful man to show you how awful it could be, and then only awful people want to use it. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, you had companies like Lockheed when we had the whole like little kerfuffle at the beginning, um, with people creating like fake a- fake 
accounts. Boy, uh, what are okay. you talking well, about? Hey, Mason, Mason, Tyler's really got to pee. We can't get into the pol- political drama of Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Burn well. it all down. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but I was going right, to say we could do... All right, thank you so... Go ahead. What a pisser. But what a... <laughs> it's another underrated airplane joke, which is my new segment of the that we'll end every show on. Oh, boy. Um, but what I was going to say is we could do, hold a poll the same day we post this episode, and mm. they could decide which we're going to do. I'm open for it, but it's a Tyler episode. It's so a Tyler I, I, I episode. I gotta give him the final say. Tyler's gonna want to vote third parties like Gremlins Two or Matinee, and I'll be like, "Por qué no estos?" I can add that in, and that's fine. That's fine. No, let's make that an option. Yeah. Let's make that an option in the poll. We'll we do can that. do one, the other, or both. Yeah, let's none do of it. the above. Waste everyone's time. Stop giving us options. <laughs> that's what um, America says so we'll every election. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll hold that. Um, the day we post this episode. So if you're listening to us, if Sounds you're one of the stalwart and true fans, uh, we'll check out our Instagram and then maybe we'll run like one or two just to make sure everybody gets counted. Sure. Cool. Awesome. Uh, how do elections work? Do we want to plug anything? Um, I'm, I'm plugging my, my, my peener cause I have to go so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Got his legs crossed. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much for watching Artificial Entertainment. Uh, please, you know, like, follow on Spotify, and uh, leave us a review. That really helps us get uh, seen by other people that aren't you. Yeah, smash right. that like button while my bladder explodes. <laughs> leave us a flood of comments on our Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> I need a kidney transplant. <laughs> We can do a poll, whether it'll be the left kidney or the right kidney. Hooray. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening to Artificial Entertainment. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I'm going to go pee Run, boy, run. Here we go. Quiet. Problem. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver. With animal discipline. Taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? Where they get a load of me? It's a describable beautiful. It reminds me of the Fourth of July. Welcome to Population? Us. It's artificial. Entertainment. Patient. Naga! Quit it! Knock it off! I'm trying to use the phone. <laughs> we haven't seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure either. I have. All right, Mason. Mason's my boy. <laughs> <laughs>